We welcome you to a very special edition of Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. As always, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And happy to have with us in studio today, uh, Paula Smith, Director at Southern New Hampshire AHEC, who has uh, been with the organization now for over 25 years. Welcome back, Paula. Great to see you. Thank you very much. 26 years next month. Wow. Wow. So we might as well say 26 years. (laughs) All right. We're close enough. And uh, Jody Harper is here, Associate Director with uh, Southern New Hampshire AHEC, and uh, Jody is uh, a regular here on our airwaves at WKXL. Yeah, well, glad to be back. And glad to be back, and uh, Happy New Year to you and everyone on the panel. And uh, Carly, Program Coordinator, Carly Hughes, Program Coordinator at Southern New Hampshire AHEC, glad to have you back in studio. Happy to be back. Now, today is going to be a, a different kind of program uh, because we're going to play highlights as we celebrate one year of our association with Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. So a little round of applause there. We we made it through a year. Yeah, happy birthday, Your Health New Hampshire. Yeah, what a year it's been. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Hey, it sure does. That it does, and helping people as you do uh, every single day. And uh, again, a year's worth of programming, and we're going to be playing some of the highlights from that year as we continue. But the other part of it is uh, AHEC is celebrating a a great anniversary as well. Yes, we just did. Yeah, in October, we held a 25th anniversary celebration. So that was a really cool opportunity to come together with some of our partners, even from day one, that started to work with us to grow the support network for those doing health education and getting into healthcare careers around the state. Yeah, and I think about we started off with a bang because we had the drum ensemble. Yeah, a little uh, bang. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they came and, and, uh, and they shared um, some great music with us, and we were able to recognize some partners over the year and some staff. You know, Florentina Denou was our interpretation training and coordinator. Uh, she had been with us for 21 years, so yeah. wow. um, it was great. Yeah, really kind of a milestone year for a lot of things. We even, for some of our programs that we offer, we had talked about one of the early days of the show about the Equity Leaders Fellowship. They actually launched their 10th cohort this year. So we have 17 different folks from throughout the state that are coming together once a month to learn all about leadership and development and being a person of color in the community and being on boards of directors and what it means to really use your lived experience and make your voice heard. And we, we mentioned that uh, Paula was right on the cusp of 26 years with AHEC. Jody, how long have you been there? I've been six years on the team now, which is pretty wild. Uh, okay. And uh, Carly? Well, I just joined the team back in May, but I have had the privilege of working with um, these great people a little bit longer than that, so it feels like it's been longer. Yeah, it's fun for us because Carly was an AHEC program graduate for the community health worker training because you started in 2018, 2017? No, no, it was after COVID. Oh, you didn't start till COVID. Oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, see, time flies I'm when coming up on fun. <laughs> I'm coming up on three years of being a community health worker. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. So now, you know, we always have new listeners to the station, mm-hmm. and people always, uh, you know, tuning in. Listening habits uh, change from time to time. So, just give people just a, a broad scope of what AHEC does and what what programs that uh, you offer. 
Well, I always say AHEC does workforce development for current and future health professionals. And what that means is we do training and health career awareness for youth or adults who want to change their careers um, to get them interested in a healthcare occupation. Um, we do continuing ed for people who are in the field. Um, we have, uh, you know, the self-management programs to help people stay healthy. Um, and then we have our whole interpretation and CHW training. Um, and I, I can't forget to talk about, you know, over the past two years with the New Hampshire Needs Caregivers Program, yeah. we have trained 400 LNAs um, to get their license and now are deployed working in, in the state. So it's really, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, when we look back and start, because sometimes it's so easy to be caught in the day-to-day kind of getting the work done. We yeah. don't often get the chance to step back and look at the numbers. And so when you think about that, 400 alone, that's 400 butts and seats that have gone people that are now trained and are working in New Hampshire. So that's a really cool opportunity to highlight all the success of those folks. And it's really crucial because, you know, working, you know, people in hospitals need to be discharged. But if there's not staffing in the rehab centers or the long-term care facilities, like people can't leave the hospitals, which which means where do the people who need to go into the hospitals go? So we really feel like we're we're contributing to the the hospital and the um, in the long term care, um, you know, field to to help with these workforce, um, you know, and we help with communication access. Over a thousand interpreters have been trained since mm. t- two thousand one, I yeah. think. That's um, amazing. And yeah. it's funny, I don't have the number of people. Um, we're doing a, a newsletter, and I think there's like over 80,000 people trained over the past, uh, you know, and some of them are wow. duplicates, but like so many trainings and so many people participating. It's been it's been great, and they've learned about cultural competency. They've learned about diabetes. They've learned about integration in primary care and behavioral health. It's really um, – I'm sometimes in awe of what the team is able to do. Boy, yeah. I, I, I guess so. And uh, it, it's been an education uh, for me learning about all these programs and, and people coming uh, from all walks of life, really, mm-hmm. to be community health workers or LNA as licensed mm-hmm. nursing, nursing assistants. That's right. yeah. and, uh, and they come from all walks of life at any age in, yeah. in life to uh, to fill these roles. Yeah, and Carly used her experience as a CHW, and so now she's faculty, and so she helps teach the CHW training course. It's been... Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I recently coined myself as the CHW for CHWs. I <laughs> think that is so brilliant. <laughs> and Carly, tell them where we were today. Uh, we went to the State House today to talk um, with the Senate on SB 403. Yeah. Yep. So I got to testify and talk about some of the good work I've done as a CHW, and explain how important it is for us to continue and get certification so that way our services can be billed and we can sustain the workforce. Yeah, and one thing I thought that was especially neat when the we had a presentation just yesterday um, about professional development for CHWs and really emphasizing that community in the in the the title of community health workers. Sometimes people get a little bit stuck on the health part of it, but really a CHW that's someone who is a bridge between a trusted community and a system. So that that association Carly made about being a CHW supporting other CHWs now I think is just so brilliant because you don't have to be one-on-one patient care to work in the community and be a CHW, there's a whole lot of ways to have an impact. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, Carly is certainly a proof of that. Mm-hmm. The CHW for CHWs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you call yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, I think this is really an enlightened people as, as to 
what is out there. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's been a great, you know, tool for uh, people to to find out, or, you know, that they can take a different career path. You know, if they, you know, if they're not satisfied in what they're currently doing, there are alternatives, especially. If you care about people and helping out in your particular community. And even if you're not interested in the workforce parts of it, right, the self-management programs Mm -hmm. that we have, the chronic disease self-management, chronic pain, and uh, the walk with ease, it's really all about trying to keep people healthy so that they don't need to go to the emergency room. They don't need to have extensive visits and and really trying to help people help themselves, um, you know, stay stay healthy. We try to role model that behavior ourselves. Yeah, and really that's how the show came about is when we we had a little bit of funding that helped to grow the number of classes that we can offer for those evidence-based programs. And really we wanted to spread the word. We're kind of often known as the best kept seabrook when it comes to health education around the state. And so it's not just people that are working in healthcare, but all of us are consumers of healthcare, everybody who's listening to this. So how can you use the knowledge that you gain in these classes to learn a little bit about how to advocate for yourself and, and, and be a part of the health system? as a consumer but I think how growing from talking about the classes and how to be well in your community to share with all of the partners that we've brought on this year and all of the the people that have been able to talk about their good work and issues that maybe people listeners haven't always heard about or been familiar with it's been pretty exciting for us and you know New Hampshire is 1.3 million people but really in healthcare it's all about the relationships and Absolutely. I'm really proud of the of the relationships that we have developed and we're really working collectively to take action um, to to help meet the needs, um, the health needs of, of people who live here in New Hampshire. Well, I think we can safely say now that the Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center is a secret no longer. <laughs> That's the goal. The, the secret is out of the bag. Yeah, and of course, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about some of the classes and some of the things that we have upcoming. And so um, the chronic disease self-management program that Paula had talked about, that's a really cool program that's six weeks long. That's about two hours each week that you can come and learn all about how to manage your chronic condition, how to better support yourself when you go to doctor's offices and visits. And we've got classes coming up in person in February in Exeter, March in Portsmouth. And then you could also do a Zoom class in March and April. So be sure to head to our website to check that out at www.snhahec.org. And we will repeat that again uh, before this broadcast is over for sure, in case you didn't have the opportunity to uh, write it down. But we are celebrating one year of Your Health, New Hampshire, here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. We'll have some of the great highlights coming up from this uh, past year when we continue right here with Your Health, New Hampshire on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. So stay with us. And we welcome you back to a very special edition of Your Health, New Hampshire, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And joining me in studio, all from AHEC today, Jody Harper, the Associate Director, Paula Smith, the Director, and Carly Hughes, Program Coordinator at Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. And this segment, 
Uh, we are going to uh, feature a Community Health Worker Awareness Week, which we celebrated in September of 2023. And uh, Carly, we mentioned in that opening segment, you mentioned that uh, uh, you are very instrumental in that uh, area, but you are or were a, a CHW. I still am. And still are. And uh, how did you get involved originally? So I have grown up in a very public, um, public service orientated family. So finding a career within that need to help people was always there for me. So when I first be- applied for this position, I honestly didn't know what I was applying for, but it sounded great because I love my community. <laughs> so I applied and I still didn't know what I was doing until I took my first CHW training. Um, and I really got the bearings as to what we do. And it's great because what we do is endless. There's no, this is what you do. It's you help people. You find the need and you you work on it. You help remove barriers. Um, I originally started in a primary care facility, a federally qualified health center, where I could see patients and you know, talk about them, talk with them to bridge what the doctor was saying and what mm-hmm. their need was. I've worked in um, a reverse integrated <coughs> mental, he- mental health care setting where we brought primary care into the mental health field and got to work with those patients. I've been out on mobile health units. It's, it's endless what we can do. And that's just what I've done. There's so many more spaces, schools, resource centers. It, it's endless where CHW integration could be happening. Well, and I, I'm sure that you are uh, very proud of your work. You've uh, done uh, a lot of good for, for many, many people in, in just the limited time you've been uh, with AHEC. So congratulations to you and uh, all of your co-workers as well as we celebrate uh, AHEC today. And uh, Jody, what are we going to hear right now? Yeah, so here we're going to hear a little bit from Wanda Castillo, who was one of our first trained community health workers in New Hampshire, who's now worked her way up the, the ladder to be a CHW supervisor. She's going to talk a little bit about her experience in the community that she serves. So I am originally from Puerto Rico. I moved to United States when I was 15, first to Bronx, New York. 1993, I moved to New Hampshire, been here for 30 years, and working as a community health worker for 23. Wow. I gained all the knowledge and experience through the years of, uh, of working as an outreach worker for HIV prevention program, home visitor for maternal health program, peer educator, and um, community health worker for community school program, and currently silver serving as a supervisor for community um, health workers at the Manchester Health Department, public health and safety program. That's, that's an amazing job. What would you do, Wanda? I know um, a little bit of your story. Um, and But what, it, what made you decide to become a community health worker? Well, um, Coming from Puerto Rico, um, my family first language is Spanish, so on my own. So I, I, in many instances, I, I find my found myself helping my own family and friends navigate the navigating this, helping them navigating the system in the United States and connecting them to services and being their main interpreter. So one of the things that I enjoy the most in life is being able to help in others. So working as a community health worker, I have the opportunity not only to help people um, 
but also to teach them about health topics, empower them to on their health issues and access to health care and other resources. Mostly that's the main drive for become a community health worker. So Wanda, tell us a little about the uh, the community uh, that you work with and uh, advocating within that community. I um, work, as a community health worker, we work with the entire community, but in my case, um, I work with the underserved community um, that live in poverty here in Manchester, New Hampshire. A lot of times I work with uh, refugees, immigrants, um, that um, English is not their first language. Um, most of the time I meet people during their most vulnerable times because they are facing crisis. As a community health worker, I connect individuals to resources and services, but I also provide them with tools that will prepare them to speak up and advocate for services that they are entitled to. I do that by being a role model, going with them to organizations and um, and and when they are not getting the services that they qualify for, I guide them through the process of how to advocate them for themselves so that when I'm not there for them, they can remember that situation and do it uh, on their own yeah. if it's possible. Hmm. Yeah, that's a v- very impressive. Um, and um, so, Wanda, what uh, what's the impact that you have made on your own like this being a CHW have made on your own life and the life of others? So my own life experiences give me, I think, uh, a special ability to relate um, to people facing serious, maybe medical and mental health issues or other issues. I was a single mom when I was 15. Um, and, and in many instances, I can relate to people that have had that situation in their life. I had had family members uh, that became serial, seriously ill and hospitalized. And le- leaving the hospital and not getting better and after seeing doctors for months and months, months, finally was got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and depression, for example. So that uh, gave me, through that experience and many others, I, I think I have learned what to do in order to get the services and information we need when we are facing a major health crisis or other mm-hmm. crisis. I have learned how to function professionally in, in a medical situation or in a human, resource, um, human services field. And and also give me balance to deal with my own emotions later and give priority to the person that I'm serving. We're talking with uh, Wanda, who is a uh, community health worker in Manchester. And uh, Wanda, how long have you been doing this? For 23 years now. Very good. And uh, and and could could we ask you a personal question? How How old were you when you decided to... Uh, become a community health worker. I was steady. Very good. Very good. 
So uh, you've been doing it uh, for a while now and obviously making an impact on uh, the lives of others in, in uh, you know, some probably uh, poorly served areas of, of Manchester. So we're, we're very pleased that you're able to do that. This is uh, National Community Health Workers Awareness Week because people should be aware of uh, these out- outstanding people in the uh, community. Carly, did you ha- have something for us? Yes, I was wondering, Wanda, where d- did you receive your training for your CHW? I got my training through AHEC, awesome. Southern New Hampshire AHEC. Awesome. And what was your favorite part about that training? Learning uh, advocacy um, fields, um, motivational interviewing, um, the roles and, and different roles of a community health worker, also the, the code of conduct. So, and in overall, their training prepares well a community health worker to get out of, on, on the field and do the duty that I, requires I for a community health worker. I definitely agree with that. Thinking about all the things that people are already doing that is community health is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and I've seen you uh, in action, Wanda, and I I know how much, uh, how passionate you are about uh, CHWs and the future of CH, uh, the upcoming CHWs, you know, all the, of the people that want to become and, and uh, work with this community. So um, I'm grateful for what you do and what you have done for the whole entire community. Thank you. Thank you. Wanda, do you have any advice that you would share with someone who's thinking about becoming a CHW? Yes. um, I I said I will not hold it back. Um, Just face the waters. Get your hands on on it and, and do it. Because no matter where, where people come from, their social, economic status, or education, when we are in crisis, many times we don't know where where to start. Mm-hmm. And a community health worker is that person that guides people in need, health related or in other areas, to to get to the other end. We are the bridge between the crisis and the need. And that was a segment from uh, September of uh, 2023 as we uh, celebrated Community Health Worker Month here on WKXL. The program is Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. Program focuses on wellness and health education. And today we are celebrating one year of the AHEC programming here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com and uh, we will be back momentarily and talk about some voices from the field right here on Your Health New Hampshire WKXL nhtalkradio.com stay with us welcome back to Your Health New Hampshire on WKXL nhtalkradio.com Presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And in this segment, we're going to go back to October of 2023 
And uh, Voices from the Field and uh, Jody Harper, tell us what this one is all about. Yeah, so here today in this segment, we've got Jim Torero, who is an alumni and a graduate of our Community Health Interpreter Program. He's going to talk about his experience in the classes with us. Yeah, so um, I always been, uh, you know, a people person. I always wanted to help out people and, you know, just kind of give back to the community. Uh, you know, since I was a kid, obviously, like, you know, every every kid wants to be a firefighter, you know, wants to, you know, ride on the fire trucks. I always had an inspiration for that, you know. So I, I wanted to, to do a career where it would impact the community, the people, and, you know, I, I met some friends that were firefighters, and I just got connected. And ever since then, you know, it's just, um, you know, I went on to school to become a firefighter. So, so people are probably wondering now how AHEC uh, <laughs> I- Im- impacted your career a- as a firefighter. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing because it's just um, the training that I, that I received. Um, you know, not only just firefighting, but also. Um, in the medical aspect, because you know we're, we're EMTs as well, so we got to be able to communicate. And uh, I received a medical interpreting training, um, and I it was it was so helpful in many ways because I was able to enhance my medical terminology in English and in Spanish, and just having and being able to just communicate fluently with patients in both languages, you know, it broke that barriers that many firefighters and EMT in the state of New Hampshire don't have. It's just being able to speak English and Spanish fluently and just have, you know, whatever needs are, 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 are at the moment are met, you know, without having to, you know, call for an interpreter or just have a, you know, misunderstanding. So. Yeah, and that that's so important that we have. And so, Jim, I mean, we all know that I have the pleasure of having known you since you were in high school. And, yeah. um, you know, knowing that you came from Dominican and you're a native Spanish speaker, that's your first language. Why did you ultimately decide to get into the interpretation classes after you had started fire school? Um, so I, I was a firefighter um, and also an EMT. And obviously I got my EMT certification after the fact. So I was able to do a lot of um, just 911 calls um, and be able to to help out in the free hospital world. And I've I've learned that that there you know that there was a need for more just you know after the fact you know because when we brought patients in that didn't speak English, I've noticed that there was a gap that needed to be met because if it wasn't a staff member there that was a a Spanish speaker, then the the patients will have a hard time communicating. And I knew there was a program out there in order for me to become an interpreter. And then I took it, and I, you know, I, I got, you know, the chance to uh, meet Florentina, which, you know, she was my teacher at the time, my instructor at the time, and she was able to help me out expand that in so many other ways. Because not only can you be a medical interpreter, but you know, you can be a, a law interpreter or a legal interpreter, which is it's a whole different world within it itself. But you know, being able to be within the medical field and kind of take what I already know and just enhance it, make it even better, you know, was awesome. It was truly an opportunity that, that I wanted to take, that I wanted to continue on and, and grow from. You and you've, you've been one of our best recruiters for other interpreters over the years as well. I feel like every class someone's always writing, oh, I heard about it from Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing, you know, we, we you know, if, if you're in the field and, you know, someone is interested in it, you know, that's that's the best thing you can do because that's, that becomes part of the networking within the interpreting community, too. Yeah, exactly. 
How long have you been a firefighter in, in Manchester? In the city, I've been nine years. Oh, my God. So, nine years. <laughs> um, but I started um, as a as a uh, part-time firefighter in Vermont, mm-hmm. believe it or not. It's so, um, so when I worked up in Vermont, uh, I worked in a small town called Windsor, Vermont, and we did a lot of uh, just work within the Dartmouth Hospital. Uh, and uh, and I actually became an interpreter at Darkness too. So it was kind of it was pretty neat because I, not only did I understand the aspect behind you know the pre-hospital world, but once I became a staff member of the hospital, it was pretty cool because then uh, you know I was able to see how it transitioned into inpatient care. Yeah, and and I would think uh, in Manchester because of its population uh, makeup, especially in the uh, inner city, uh, in in Manchester, your interpretive skills, uh, you know, must be very very helpful to many. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the one of the topics that has even been discussed within the department. You know, they joked around the fact that like, Jim, why don't you do uh, interpreting classes here? Why don't you come up with it? With, uh, with an outline, with a sheet of stuff that we can say or ask, you know? So it truly becomes very important. Um, it, it, it brings that medical gap, you know, much closer into what the patient's needs are. Um, there's been many, many different occasions where I've come into the household and, you know, it's a family member, usually on, under the age of 18, doing interpreting for, for the mom or the dad or, you know, which at that point, if I'm there, you know, I, you know, I'm fluent in Spanish and English, and I, you know, having the, the the experience, I can tell them like, hey, look, we'll we'll just do it from here. We'll we'll take it over. There's no need for a family member to interpret here. So, yeah, and Jim, we should talk because if the department's interested in doing an interpretation 101, like how to work with interpreters for the department, we could make that happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, they're they're all for it. You yeah. know, um, the department, you know, always is looking for you know for ways to keep growing and and finding better ways to serve the community, you know, and this is, you know, and being able to have just more bilingual or just more people that can speak the language of the community, wherever yeah. it may be, you know, it, it truly is, it's, you know, it's, it's helpful for, for the, you know, for, for the whole city. And, you know, Jim, I, I can just tell by uh, the way you're, you're speaking with us here today that you have a, a great, great passion uh, for what you're doing. And it's something that, that uh, you know, you mentioned that you always wanted to do. What, what do you like most about being a firefighter? Oh, man, uh, just being able to, to represent um, the community, um, seeing, you know, helping those. I mean, there's just so much behind it. You know, you, you know, how do you describe, you know, what is it for you to love something? It's obviously it's, you know, I go into work not thinking it's work. You know, I, wow. I, I enjoy helping, you know, making making a better day out of those that, you know, may, may not be in their most, you know, not the best, you know, and being able to just kind of advocate for those in the city, too. So and it goes beyond the city, you know, because I, I, I know there's kids out there that inspire to be a firefighter, you know, but then they see and then you don't find anybody that looks like them. Yeah. You know, so to me, when they go up to me and they're like, oh, wow, you're a firefighter. To me, that's inspiring, you know, because... I, I want to help and guide the next generation, you know, so that's a motivator for me, you know, motivators for me to help those that, you know, I need to help, you know. Absolutely. And, and, and I also understand uh, they make some pretty good food at, at those firehouses <laughs> from, from what I hear. Yeah. You know, well, you know, there's a couple guys there that, 
they say they don't know how to cook, but that's like their secret weapon. They don't want to, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we you know we we get we get all hands involved in there, especially with the crew that I work. Everybody's great. Everybody brings in a different part. My I don't want to say it's my specialty, but I like cooking food, you know, from you know the Caribbean. Yeah. So oh, sometimes yeah. we mess around and we start talking about making some Cajun, you know, rice or just jerk chicken and then when mm-hmm. you start talking like that with these guys they don't say no to none of that stuff. Oh, they say no. <laughs> who would say no to that jim yeah, yeah. bring some into the yeah. studio the next time you're on right. here <laughs> yeah jim can, can you like share it. any recent uh, achievements or, or milestones in, in your career um you know that that's kind of an evolving question right because you i mean we're always always evolving, always trying to just keep growing within within whatever we do. Um, and obviously, you know, one of the goals is one day hopefully I can become an officer, you know, we'll be a supervisor or a lieutenant to us, you know. But then before that process, you know, I want to continue to grow. So recently I've been taking classes at the academy, um, but that's just, 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 it keeps expanding, you know. I'm not just a firefighter. I'm also, you know, an instructor at the academy. Yeah. Very you know, good. What do I instruct? You know, I, I do other things. You know, I I specialize in other things too. So, the recent achievements, you know, I could name off, you know, you know, a list of things. But it, that's not the end goal. You know, I'm I'm still looking to grow. You know, I'm I'm hopefully we're starting a program pretty soon within the city that will help um, high schoolers and middle schoolers have an introduction into the fire service oh, too wow. nice. because we want you know we want to see if we can we can continue to have you know firefighters come come through you know just anybody that's like oh i don't you know i, I don't know where to start you know we want to create you know we want to create uh a, a, what it would be like a feeder program you know to other departments so there's many achievements that are you know that are you know being accomplished all the time but you know not just one outstanding one at the moment that i can think of you're listening to a very special edition of Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And we are going to take a break and then be back and hear some voices of AHEC, a program uh, that was originally aired uh, last July. We'll take a break and be back with more Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back to our anniversary edition of Your Health New Hampshire on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. And from AHEC in studio, we have Paula Smith, who is the director, Carly Hughes, who is the program coordinator, and Jody Harper, associate director. And uh, Jody, I will turn it over to you to introduce this segment. Yeah, so in this segment, we're going to hear from our most recent staff alumni, Nishimwe Bitimea. Oh, so, <laughs> um, so I, I came here today as an intern at AHEG, but before that, I... Um, Wait, so, <laughs> um, so 
I'm a little bit about myself. Yeah. I came here in America in 2008 as a refugee from Tanzania. I came here with all my family. And um, so far, everything has been good. Um, and once I started school, um, what I wanted to do in life, I've known since I was a little girl. I've always wanted to work in healthcare. Um, it was kind of an inspiration from my father because I think he worked as a nurse um, back in the refugee camp. And it's always an inspiration. I am my, my father's best friend. <laughs> but I've always also wanted to work in business. Um, and I love doing clinical work, but it's not it's not something I want to do full time as mm -hmm. well. And so I was like, let me see if there's programs out there that can combine those two. And that's how I got to um, UNH as healthcare management and policy student. And now I work at AHEG through Jody because yeah. she I've known her since I was a little girl. And she's just helped me through life. She's helped me um, decide what I want to do with my future. She's also helped me with a lot of things in my personal life as well. And so I thank her very much. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, we go way back. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in Nishimway, the, like that's one of the fun things I think that I love most about the work that I get to do is that so many of the, the students that were former students have now become colleagues. Natanga yeah. was another yeah. example of that. But um, can you talk a little bit about how we first met? Like, what was the program? What were you doing? Because I mm -hmm. think this is just the coolest part about one of the coolest parts about your story with us. So me and Jody met um, through Bring It, and at that time they were holding the Health Career Quest Camp, and um, I wanted to be in healthcare for so long, and I was looking for things to do that required um, healthcare as I went. And so this is like middle school, I think, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. This is middle school, so we've known each other for a very long time. <laughs> and when I came to the Health Career Quest, it was an eye-opener because I didn't know there were so many programs in healthcare. I always thought there was doctors, nurses, um, you know, nurses, like helpers for nurses, the CNAs. Mm -hmm. But it just opened up a whole world of what there really is in healthcare, and it's not just doctors and nurses. And that's how I got started. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what we're always trying to help mm -hmm. people understand is that especially when people are coming from different cultures and backgrounds, they experience our medical system here. You see the person who checks you in at the doctor. You mm -hmm. see the medical assistant or the nurse that takes your weight and your blood pressure. You see your provider. And that's your whole experience of the healthcare system. But it's so much bigger than that. I mean, yeah. here is a girl who like if her freshman year of high school is like Jody, I want to be a healthcare administrator. It's like what? Wow, that is yeah. pretty impressive. How many people say that? Probably not too many. <laughs> so we are holding on and not letting you go because that is a valuable tool, skill set, and asset to have here in our state to make sure not only the clinical healthcare workforce looks like the people that are being served, but leadership can look like the people that are being served as well. Oh, exactly, yeah. exactly. And this is something uh, that you've had a passion for for quite some time, influenced, yeah. as you said, by your father. Yeah, a very, very long time. And I think my father's very proud of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And every now and then we'll talk about it, what I'm doing, and he'll be like, I'm so proud of you for how you got here. I know we've gone through a lot and things like that, but I'm very, very proud of you. And I'm, it makes my heart feel happy that you know I'm doing something great for myself and also for my family. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What do you like most about what you do? I think the what I love most about what I do is being able to help people and being able to do something meaningful with my life as it's something that I've always wanted to do and I'm finally achieving it and I'm like, this is where I want to be. This is where I think I want to be for a very long time 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it, and that's oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah. So, so Nishaway, I'm curious, you now, like, as we go through our generations at Bring It, like, you come back sometimes and you, you know, we all still volunteer there and go hang out and see yeah. the youth. You know, what would you say to somebody who's in middle school at Hillside or McLaughlin or mm-hmm. somebody that's in early high school? What would you tell them about thinking about careers and, you know, just what advice would you give to people that were in your shoes 10 years ago? I think the most, like, the advice that I would give them is, you know, be a kid for yourself. And at the same time, it's like, you know, think about like what you want to do in life. There's so many things that you can do out there, but you know, sometimes it's better to kind of hone it down mm-hmm. and, and and then explore more as you go, you know? That's how I started. I do a, um, a lot of thinking and then I kind of hone it down and that's how I got to where I am, so yeah. How do you see your role expanding as time uh, goes on? Um, with more experience, I, I think as I go, I learn a lot of things, and then I kind of apply it to what I do. And um, the projects that I've been doing, I've been learning a lot about, um, you know, chronic health conditions, and it's it's kind of expanded my view on you know, the things that people go through and the education that it takes for them to kind of, you know, manage those skills. And I think I really love the CDSM program that we're doing right now. So They're pretty awesome. Yeah, you guys and, do a great and, job. And, and what is that? <laughs> the CDSM program is where we take um, people from the community that suffer from health, um, chronic health conditions and we teach them how to better manage it, you know, with walking, um, with medications, if they're taking them, um, how to manage your blood pressure, you know, um, how to better eat and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that's what um, I've been doing one of my projects. And it's one of my, and it's also adding that um, I'm doing outreach programs for them as well, yeah. reaching out to leaders that have taught these classes and saying, hey, come back, you know, we miss you. <laughs> we want you to teach more, you know. Yeah, we want to yeah. spread the word far and wide. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that, is, uh, that is terrific. So yeah. have, have things uh, gone pretty much as you expected or uh, differed a little bit uh, from what uh, you might have anticipated? Um, so far, I'm on track to what I've been dreaming about. Um, but things change as people go. You know, I feel like that's what it is in life. Um, a lot, some things have changed. I mean, I used to want to be in um, finance as well for it, but I've learned that math is not my strongest suit. <laughs> so um, I looked into the public health and um, administration, something like that, and I, I really enjoy it. I, it's one of the best things I do. Um, and yeah. Well, well, tell us, Nishaway, what does your dream job look like? So, you know, there's your future employers are out here potentially <laughs> listening. <laughs> My dream job is being able to work with people, you know, going out to the community like you do. That's mm-hmm. like literally my dream job. I want to sit in front of people. I want to have conversations with them, you know, about like public health um, issues. I want to talk about, you know, things that a lot of people suffer with. And mm-hmm. one of the things I'm really passionate about that I uh, write in school, like we have a lot of papers, is um, reproductive rights for women and as well as, um, you know, better health for black women in general. Absolutely. Yeah. You've lived it. Yep, yep, I've lived it. And right now, um, the healthcare system for black women is not that great. And I wanted to be able to change that. I mean, sometimes it doesn't take one person, it takes all of us, but you know, if I can just push it a little bit, that'll be great. Yeah. You, you seem to be somebody who is uh, very passionate about your community. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where does that come from? 
Um, so it comes from when we first came to um, the States. I've What I've noticed over the time is that um, they don't really provide a lot of programs that I see to kind of reintegrate um, people. It's kind of tell them about their rights to um, all the things that they have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at that and it's like, it's steering them in the wrong direction. And so I want them, I want to create programs for, you know, refugees, pro, um, women of color to just know that, hey, you have a right to say no. You have a right to be able to do just the things that you want and to feel safe about doing it. Um, without having to feel like, oh my God, you know, someone's watching me, the law is cut, yeah, just things mm-hmm. like that. And I really want to um, make more programs to reinte- to integrate, you know, refugees in the community because they don't know what they're doing sometimes because they don't speak English, they don't know the laws. And so if we teach them that, hey, this is what you do, this is what not to do, that would make it a lot easier for them. Some wonderful memories from our first year of Your Health, New Hampshire on WKXL. And uh, Jody Harper, uh, Paula Smith, uh, Carla Hughes, great to have you with us uh, celebrating that one-year anniversary. Uh, quickly, can we talk about uh, just a, a couple of the programs that you uh, are offering at the moment? Yeah, so we have lots of classes that are upcoming in those evidence-based programs that we always talk about. So if you wanted to do a chronic disease self-management in person, you could go to Exeter in February, Portsmouth in March. Then there's online classes for anybody across the state in March and April on Zoom. We're also in the process of planning a couple of Walk with Ease classes where you can get together and walk in person. Outstanding. So more to come on our website. Yeah, happy birthday to Your Health, New Hampshire. All right, a little round of applause there. And uh, wishing all of you, uh, Jody, Paula, Carly, very happy 2024. Great to have you with us here on WKXL. And a special uh, thanks today to our technical director, uh, Andrew Gibson, who did an outstanding job uh, putting this uh, together today. That'll do it for this edition of Your Health, New Hampshire on WKXL, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education.